A few weeks ago, Barbie uh, took her text from 2 Kings where Elisha and his servant were surrounded by armies. And, uh, and I thought, uh, Barbie, you just took my text uh, from, uh, from the surrounded sermon. But you know what? That's okay because nobody uh, says the same thing uh, that somebody else says. And all of you have slept since she gave that teaching and probably didn't remember. So uh, as, good as, as good as it was, as good as it always is, would you stand with me and let's... Uh, it's the morning after. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and they were there inside Samaria. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power and the life that are in your word. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would empower each of us to hear what you are saying today. Give us eyes to see as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, one of the, one of the uh, benefits of growing up in the, in the 1950s, a child of the 50s, was... Uh, they had this thing, if you, if you were fortunate enough to have a black and white television set with a, with a mammoth 19-inch screen and, a, and a, an antenna on the top of your roof so that everybody knew you had a, a TV and also so you could actually pick up a channel, uh, they would have uh, the late movie. It would start really, really late. I mean like 10 o'clock. And, uh, and, and you'd pop popcorn and you'd sit there with your dad and the room would be kind of You'd, you'd turn out all the lights, even though that's going to ruin your eyes, but you'd turn out all the lights, and, and, and the screen would be there. And, uh, and usually it was a cowboy movie. I mean, it, I don't know. It was, that was pretty much all they made in those days. And uh, the high point of the movie, the, the one line you knew that was always coming was, they got us surrounded, Roy. They got us surrounded, Gene. They got us surrounded, Sheriff. They got us... They got us surrounded. You knew action was getting ready to happen when they got us surrounded, and, and usually, usually some, some good action. Uh, the first movie that I ever went to, I, I remember very clearly. I, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I guess if I went back and looked at what year it came out, I could tell you. But uh, uh, my dad took me to the, uh, uh, oh, what was it? 
having a senior moment here. Wayne, uh, the, the Church Street across from across from uh, Kane Sloan. Uh, no, it wasn't either one. It was the, it was the fancy one uptown. Uh, it started with a C. Crescent to the Crescent Theater. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was back in the day when if you went to the movies, especially if you didn't go very often, you wore a sports coat and a tie. And so we had our sports coats and our ties on, and we went in and we sat down. And I, my dad had never been to a movie before, and I, all I remember was we sat down with our popcorn and our ties and our coat and him going, Ronnie Allen, I am never doing this again in my life. <laughs> I'm going, Dad, Dad, I don't think the rapture is going to happen in the next two hours. We're, we're safe. We can repent when we get out of this place. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was the Alamo starring John Wayne, which is why we got to go. And, uh, and, old, and, and John was playing Davy Crockett, and, and, and they were surrounded. And let me tell you, that was, that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, However, the excitement which plays so well on film is not generally so well received in life, in real life. Uh, now, few of us have been surrounded by literal physical enemies out, out to do us harm. Some have, uh, but, but, but not very many of us have. Uh, but we know the feeling of being surrounded. We know the feeling of being almost over, overwhelmed. Uh, and, and, and fortunately, the weapons that God has given us to fight our battles when we are surrounded are, are, are not designed for defeating our fellow man. No, let, me, let me just say that again, because I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a great disappointment to many of us. But the weapons that God has given us are not designed for defeating our fellow man. They're actually designed for defeating the enemies that are likely to surround us. Over in 2 Corinthians uh, 10.4, it says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Those are the ones that are designed for defeating your fellow man. On the contrary, these have divine power to demolish strongholds. Dangers, real and imagined. Most are imagined, but sometimes they're also real. Fears, warranted and unwarranted. Troubles that seem to just come in like a flood, sickness, want, tension, anxiety, stress. <laughs> stress is such a sneaky little booger, you know? I, I mean, most, most of the time, I, I, I know when I begin to finally learn about stress is when Margaret was trying to tell me that I was stressed, and I finally went, no, I'm not. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe I am. Yeah. Disappointment. You ever been surrounded by disappointment? I mean, there are times that disappointment just settles like a fog and just kind of seems to come in and surround, invade everything in our lives. Heartbreak. If you've never experienced any of these, then you are a stunted human being. You're, you're a spoiled little boy. Yeah. But fortunately, we have some weapons that are designed to demolish those strongholds, those things that are surrounded by. 
And so, okay, we have the example here of, of Elisha and his servant. Uh, might have been Gehazi. That's the only one of his servants that are named in Scripture, but is named in Scripture, but he, uh, the, the name isn't, isn't given in this particular chapter. And uh, as, as Barbie had shared, uh, uh, Israel was at war with a country named Aram. And Aram actually is basically present-day Syria, ancient enemies of, uh, of Israel, Israel and, and, and Aram, ancient enemies. And uh, Elisha would warn the king of Israel whenever uh, he was going out, he would warn him where the ambushes had been set by the king of Aram so that he could avoid those places. The way that the Lord often protects us in things is to give us warning about where the traps are so that we can avoid them. Um, when we stand before the Lord, I, it occurred to me, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, I know at some point in time it finally occurred to me. I got, I got old enough to have a little bit of sense. finally occurred to me that when I stand before the Lord, I'm probably going to be very surprised and I think a whole bunch of people would be very surprised that the greatest rewards are going to be for what I didn't say, not what I did say. Hello. You know, there's so many times that we just want to say it. You know, and there's so many times that we just want to, you know, uh, unload or, or maybe, and the Holy Spirit just comes in and clamps that thing shut. You know, just remember that, Justin. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm just, <laughs> and uh, all of us need to remember that, I mean, quite, quite frankly. Uh, and in fact, probably our greatest victories are going to be the battles we didn't fight. The battles that we didn't get involved in in the first place. Not every battle is supposed to be fought. We, we have a tendency to think that, hey, there's a battle. Let's, let's, let's get over there to it. You know, I only got one fight in school, and I, I mean, I've, I've, I've just never been kind of, I, I must have done something, so if you could bring me back, I'll tell this story. Uh, I may have told it before anyway. Stop me if I've told you this one. Uh, I, 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 had a, I had a girlfriend, my first girlfriend, and uh, there was this other guy who liked her as well, and uh, anyway, somehow or another, he got the impression that I wanted to fight him. And, and so I get, I, get on the I get on the school bus. Actually, he gets on the school bus. I'm already on the school bus, and here he comes. Buddy, boom, 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 boom. You know, yeah. you don't fight me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, well, I don't, you know. And, and so anyway, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm doing the uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather thing. You know, I'm, I'm a defensive fighter. And, uh, you know, I got, and, and, and I threw one punch. It was a, it was a jab. Caught him right there. The blood started flowing down. I won. <laughs> I won. It was, it was great. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Most of our battles are with temptation. Yeah. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Uh, three quick things about temptation, but they're important, that are in this verse. One verse. Got three whole things in it for you. And the first one is, you're not the only one. 
Nothing has come against you that isn't common to mankind. And and one of the tools of the enemy is to get you to go, well, now you're not going to be able to ask anybody to walk with you on this. You're not going to be able to get anybody to pray with you about that. Because if they knew that about you, if they knew that you are the only person in this world who has ever struggled with that, they'd know what a terrible person you are. Millions, millions struggle. Whatever you struggle with is common to mankind. And then, and then secondly, temptation can always be defeated. Can always be defeated. And they go, man, this thing's got a hold on me. I can't, can't beat it. Uh, I'm sorry. The scripture says you can. It says God won't let you be tempted. And here's how you defeat it. He'll always give you a way of escape. Always look for the way of escape. Turn that thing off. Walk through that door. Don't get in that car. Uh, it's very, it's, this is not rocket science. It's not even woo-woo spirituality. It's just don't go there. Go someplace else. You know, order something else off the menu. Yeah. I mean, there's... That, I have no idea how, how that hit a nerve, but it obviously did. <laughs> Yeah. Don't clip that coupon if you don't need it. Well, that, that was a good one. So anyway, I mean, the way of, way of escape. Well, the, the, the servant awakes and, uh, to discover that the army of Aram has surrounded Dothan. Why Elisha went to Alabama, I have no idea. The devil went to Georgia. Elisha went to Alabama. Okay, I got to get this back. Uh, he probably didn't, probably didn't go to Alabama, but anyway. Uh, and three things, three things come out of this that uh, about, about this situation. The first is, how often do we need to hear it? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. When I was uh, when I was in high school, I, I, I played football, and uh, I was uh, I was a quarterback. You can tell by the physique. Uh, and uh, you know, I had a good arm. I, I was pretty good, but but the problem was that I had a tendency to to freak out. You know, I wasn't. I didn't have the mentality to just kind of drift back and sort of go. Yeah, I see you coming. You're ugly, you know. Oh, he's open, you know. I, I just didn't have that kind of, I didn't have that level of cool. We need to go through life with that level of cool. We really do. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what is wisdom? Know how to act. Know, know what to do in a situation. You got a situation, you need some wisdom. Fear the Lord's where it starts. And it's not just Job says it, the, the psalmist says it. Psalm, Psalm 27 1 says, The Lord is the light of my life and, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The, the Lord is my stronghold, my strength. Of whom shall I be afraid? <laughs> 
Don't, don't fear. In fact, there's really only one you should be afraid of, and Jesus tells us over in, in Luke who that is. He says, don't be afraid of somebody who can just kill the body. I mean, that's, I'll tell you who you should be afraid of. Be afraid of the one who, after the body has been killed, has the authority to cast you into damnation. And I used to go, oh man, we're supposed to be afraid of the devil. The devil doesn't have that authority. That's God. The only person to be, the only one to be afraid of is God. And when you fear God, you don't have to fear anybody or anything else. You can respect. You know, just because, just because I fear God doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to test some places where I shouldn't be, do some things maybe that I shouldn't do, but uh, so you, you can respect situations, but the only one, if, and, if you, and if you do have fear in your life, the, de, the problem is, the, the deficiency is I don't have enough fear of the Lord. That's, that's how that gets fixed. So that's one of the things that you learn from this. First, first thing is, don't, uh, surrounded by an army, pshaw, don't fear. Second thing, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's, that is always true. That is always the case. The resources aligned for you are always greater than the resources that are aligned against you. They just are. Over in 1 John, there's a, there's a passage that most of you are familiar with. You're from God and you've overcome the world because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So, so both inside and outside, the resources, the resources are, are lined up in, in your favor. That, that's always the case. And you have, you have overcome because light is greater than darkness and life is greater than death and love is stronger than, than, than hate and redemption is greater than rebellion and, and God is greater than, than the devil. And as long as that's true, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then this, this whole thing really is about, is about seeing versus blindness. That, that's really what this whole scene is about. It's the real issue that's going on here. Uh, and and let, me, let me just do a, a quick little bunny trail here that might be that might be helpful to some people, because there's a tendency that you could, you could easily say, well, you know, if Elisha could tell the king where the ambushes are so that he wouldn't ever go there, couldn't he see that he shouldn't have spent the night in Dothan where the armies were going to surround him? No, the Lord didn't tell him. The Lord said spend the night in Dothan. Lord, Lord had some other plans. See, we, we, we have a tendency to always go... Well, you know that, you did that for that one. What, what, that one got their healing. What about me? You know, that one got, uh, nobody stopped by my house and handed me any money lately. You know, so what, what are you doing this for, for, for Justin and Jessica for? You know, uh, why, 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 why me? Yeah. And, and Elisha doesn't get up and go, Lord, why? I mean, I've, that, that rotten king isn't even godly, and you've been giving me information to help him. Why, why don't you give me some information to help me? No, that wasn't the question at all. That, that, didn't, that didn't come up. 
And so the servant's eyes are, are open. And we sometimes just simply need to pray for vision. We sometimes just simply need to pray for vision. Uh, our oldest daughter was telling me this morning, uh, they did the song, um, oh, what was the song? Will's not back there. Uh, Reckless Love of God. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, uh, before, before I came out. And uh, she said, this last week, uh, Bo said to me, that's our three-year-old. That's our, that's our youngest grandson. He's fabulous. Uh, Bo said to her, Mom, I think you have forgotten a song. The reckless love of God. And, you know, and we tend to forget these songs. Let me tell you one of the songs that we tend to forget, or we tend to sing them without thinking. One of the songs that we tend to forget is, Lord, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. See things like you do. Because once we see things like he does, we can't be overwhelmed. Can't be overwhelmed. Some of you came here today because the Lord brought you here because you needed to hear somebody say, you need to start praying to see things the way I see them. The, the prayer has been kind of gone and kind of gotten askew here. Let's, let's start praying this. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what you see. The army also had a vision problem. And this is, this is kind of interesting because it, it, it seems a little counterintuitive at first because Elisha prayed for the army to be blinded. And, uh, you know, you kind of go, okay, uh, yeah, what's that all about? Well, uh, because what they were looking at, the situation they were looking at, had them blinded to what was really going on. Their physical sight, that's what he said, that's what he said for them to, uh, to blind. Uh, their physical sight had them blinded to the fact that they were in imminent danger. I mean, there were, they didn't realize that there were uh, chariots and horses of fire that had, had them surrounded in this whole situation, and they thought that they had, they had the man of God surrounded. And Elisha comes up to them, and he does, he is the original, he does the original Jedi mind trick. He says, this is not the road. This is not the city. Follow me. I will show you where to go. You know, and I don't know. I mean, how did that, what? But the, I, I, didn't they know they couldn't see? I, I don't know. But, but for whatever reason, the man that they thought they were looking for it's not the band they were looking for, and they were in the wrong place. And so he takes them to Samaria, and Samaria was the capital of Israel. Israel was the northern kingdom. Jerusalem was the capital of Judah, the southern kingdom. Takes them to Samaria, and their eyes open in the middle of, of the enemy's capital city, surrounded by the enemy. Now, he didn't lie to them. You know, he didn't... He didn't he didn't lie to them. He didn't go, this isn't Dothan. No, he said, this isn't the city. This isn't where you're supposed to be. You're on the wrong road. Let me, let me take you. And, uh, and they, were, they were in the right place 
for God's purposes once they got in, in the middle of, of Samaria. And Elisha prayed for their eyes to be open. And then they, and then they understood who's surrounding whom. Who, who's got the drop on whom at this point? And by the way, these were people. And people are not your enemy. People are not your enemy. They are not the enemy. The king comes out. He doesn't quite understand this yet. He's, he's so excited. He goes, oh, oh, can I kill them? Should I kill them? Let me kill them, you know. And Elisha goes, no, you don't kill them. You didn't capture them. Feed them. Give them. You didn't capture them. They're not the enemy. Feed them. Send them on their way. The, it's God's place to execute judgment. Not yours. I think Jesus had some things to say about that as well. You know, surrounding uh, God's people uh, for harm really rarely works out well for those doing the surrounding. Uh, you know, in, in Sodom, the men of Sodom surrounded the house of Lot. Uh, they wanted to, to do him harm and, and, and the men who were with him, and none of them saw another evening after that. Uh, the last battle, actually, over in Revelation, a lot of people don't, uh, don't realize that the last battle isn't at the return of Christ. The last battle uh, happens after um, the thousand-year millennial reign, and then, the, then Satan is released again, and he, and he goes to all the nations of the earth, and they come and surround the camp of God's people. Uh, in Revelation 20, verse 9, and, uh, and it says, but they don't even get a chance to, to fight because fire comes down from heaven and just consumes them. It's not a good idea. You don't, you don't get ahead by surrounding God's people for, for evil, for harm. And, and even when it looks like surrounding uh, that, that the surrounding enemy has won, he hasn't. He hasn't. He can't. On the cross, Jesus was surrounded. It says over in, uh, over in Psalm 22. Now, Psalm 22 is the one that starts out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, and, and the psalm is, is about the cross. This, this is some later verses. Dogs surround me. And, of course, that, that's metaphorical. It's not literal dogs, but dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierced my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. Any, any doubts about what this is about? Surrounded. And yet, we know how that ended. Death was defeated. The enemy's fate was sealed by this apparent victory that he had. Isaiah uh, uh, actually has some things to say about the cross that uh, people rarely uh, connect there, but it's in Isaiah chapter 25. Uh, he says this, On this mountain, on that day, on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old or rich or poor. Death is that, is that, is that shroud that tends to encompass us all. And then it goes on in verse 9 to say, In that day they will say, and what day would that be? That would be the day of the cross, right? That day, surely this is our God. We trusted in him. He saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. It may look like he was surrounded. It may look like the enemy won. He didn't. He can't. 
And by the way, there's also such a thing as a good surround. As a good surround. See, one of the reasons that it's ill-advised to surround God's people for harm is because they're already surrounded. They're already surrounded. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people. Both now and forevermore. That's what, it, it's what, what the psalmist says. Now? Yeah, now. He's got us surrounded. I tell you what, look at, look at some, and now do this. Don't just, you know, kind of look at me and freak out. Look at somebody and go, he, he's got us surrounded. Say it audibly. <laughs> he's got, all right, now, now go, he's got you surrounded. And he does. Now? Right now? Yes, right now. How long? Forevermore. Forevermore. When I was uh, growing up in Millersville, the walk from the road to my house, I've mentioned it a few times over the years, but it was a long walk. It was probably 100 yards long. And you had to go over a creek. And uh, this was back in the day when nobody owned, no family owned more than one car. Uh, so if the transmission went out, you really were up, up a creek, except for the fact that you went next door and borrowed the phone to call somebody to, to come and give you a ride. And, uh, so you, you know, oftentimes you get rides and I get rides and, and, uh, and, and the person give you a ride is nice that they give you a ride, but they didn't always want to go over that creek and drive that extra hundred yards up to the house and, and turn back around and go out and they'd let me off at the road. At night. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a walk full of terrors. Especially on nights when there were full moons. Because you know what happens those nights. <laughs> and those suckers are fast. You know, and I, but I was brave. You know, I'd get out of the car and go, yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's fine. Yeah, Miss Hicks, you can let me, you can let me off here. That's okay. As soon as the car get away, <laughs> I was fast. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, but if my dad and I both had happened to get a ride and they let us off at the road, bring them on. You know, bring them on. Come on, all ye werewolves and vampires and beasts of the night. Yeah. yeah uh, the mummy. I, I, you don't, don't have to outrun the mummy. I got my dad with me. I'll just pop you one. I, I beat up a guy on the bus. <laughs> yeah. Because with my dad with me, I was surrounded. Uh, this, is, this is my dad. And uh, probably about half of you remember him. Probably about half of you never met him. Uh, he went home to be with the Lord almost 11 years ago. And, uh, but in thinking about him, and I, and I was thinking about him, um, it reminded me of one other way that we are surrounded. Hebrews 12.1 tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Those, those who have gone before us. 
And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us throw off everything that, that hinders us and the sin that, that, that trips our feet up and entangles us. And let us, let us run with perseverance the race that's set out before us and fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the, and the finisher of our faith. All it takes is the faith to see and hear. The faith to hear the witnesses. David, David says, I, I was surrounded. I was surrounded by enemies. My, my father-in-law, who also happened to be the king, so he had a little influence, tried to kill me. You know, we were outnumbered. We were, we were, on, the, we were on the run. My, my wife and my children were, were captured by the enemy, and they were, they were taken captive, and, and the men were so, uh, so distressed that they, uh, that they talked about stoning me. My own, my own men and, and people that I helped out, cities that I saved would, would turn on me and hand me over to my enemies, and, and even my son rebelled against me, but, but the Lord delivered me from all of my enemies. Hezekiah said, I, I, was, I was king of Jerusalem, and we were surrounded by the Assyrians, and they were, they were notoriously bad people, and they especially treated kings badly when they took over a place. And, and, and there was really nothing we could do. In fact, they even offered to give us the horses to attack them if we would find enough people to ride on their horses. That, that, was, that was how outnumbered we were. But the Lord delivered me out of their hand. Job's, my wealth was gone, my health was gone, my family was gone. Everything was, everything was taken from me, but the Lord delivered me, and he, and, and he restored a double portion of everything that had been taken. That, that's not what happens with everybody. It's what happened with Job. He's, he's, he's a witness to this. Jonah says, I was hurled into the deep, <laughs> and, and the, the, the engulfing waters surrounded me. The, my, my head was encircled in seaweed, yuck. You know, but the Lord, the Lord brought me out. He, he delivered me. You know, sometimes God commands the fish to vomit, and that's how you get delivered. My dad, there's no telling what my dad would say. But I know some of the things that he would say because I know him well enough. We sacrificed, we struggled uh, to make ends meet. And we, we, we took one little church and um, a dozen or so people and we built it up and made it strong. And then after a couple of years, they, they, they sent me packing. Took, an, took another little church and built it up and made it strong and had these helpers. And uh, they, they kept, they, they would keep turning. They would, they would, uh, they would scatter the flock and uh, and, and none of them ever went anywhere because, they, because they, they weren't really helpers. First 14 years of our marriage, we were, we were barren. We didn't think we were ever going to be able to have children. And then we finally did, and we went, oh, God, what have we done? <laughs> the last 13 years of our marriage, my wife was confined to a wheelchair, and I was the, I, I was, I was the caregiver for that, that whole time. But I wouldn't take... It, nothing for I wouldn't trade places with anybody because the one thing he would say is every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. That's just what it is. Faith isn't about getting your new car. I mean, okay, whatever. Or, or your bigger house. I mean, you can have faith for those things, okay. Uh, or even necessarily the healing. We've become so fixated on, on, on healing and and, you know, and not dying and blah, blah, blah. Uh, listen, a, if you can't die a good death, you haven't lived a good life. 
It's just that simple. That's, that's part, of the, it's part of the package that comes with us. Yeah, God does these miracles, but at some point in time, it's time to go home. It just is. Faith is about opening our eyes and opening our ears so that we understand those who are with us are more than those who have us surrounded.